Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestling Source Radio. The following show is scheduled for one fall with a one-hour time limit. Introducing your host from parts unknown. He is the best radio announcer there is, the best radio announcer there was, and the best radio announcer there ever will be, Rodney Dion. My next guest, uh, going from their Twitter bio, social media influencer, half man, half amusing, Mr. Punderful. He's a co-host of Grown Men Pod and The Steel Cage, professional professional wrestling fan. And I'm, of course, talking about none other than James Van Der Beek, a.k.a. shoot name Jeremy Tate. Hello and welcome. Thank you, sir. Yeah, my bio, I thought it was funny, but it sounds fucking great. I'm already swearing out the gate. It sounds freaking great coming out of uh, your mouth. Uh, love that Australian accent, man. Oh, thank you. And uh, no, yeah. but thank you for taking the time to uh, have a chat to us. And I kind of said uh, on air off air, I didn't really kind of uh, prepare a script with sort of set questions because obviously uh, when talking to a wrestling talent, you can sort of, I guess, get them to promote a- an event that's coming up or, you know, if they've got a feud or, I mean, what whatever but i was just really excited just to talk to you because i sort of obviously had my eyes on you on the social media world i think most wrestling fans out there in the twitterverse or the social media verse whatever you want to call it uh, in some capacity have seen you or seen your stuff and i guess that's sort of i mean i have to fully admit uh, wrestling source radio aka wrestling source bottle it was definitely i have to admit it was basically not that i was uh, trying to uh take you off or it was definitely you were somewhat inspiration with the funny memes and the the photoshopping of different wrestlers or different celebrities or what have you. And I just saw that and thought, oh, that's, that is amazing. And uh, hence with wrestling source uh, bottle, uh, there's a lot of, you know, I can see uh, uh, on your uh, Skype picture, you, you got a photo with one Mr. Dave Meltzer uh, and, and the uh, the Ryan Satins out there. And this is not by any means a, uh, uh, I'm trying to be offensive towards them, but sort of, you know, um, sources say, or, you know, a source close to so-and-so and hence why uh, Wrestling Source Bottle is uh, sauce like tomato sauce. And it was more just a, a good old Australian taking the piss and hence why there's really stupid memes on my uh, Twitter page, Instagram and Facebook. And then it just somehow spun out uh, into a radio podcast show. And this long-winded uh, explanation I'm trying to give you is just a great excuse to talk to a fellow wrestling fan that I feel uh, is happy to take the piss, within reason, of course. Hell yeah. Man. The the thing that we love in this world, professional wrestling, is one of the silliest things in the whole damn world when you really take it all in. Uh, but it's also one of the funnest and the greatest things in the world because it has everything. It's action-packed. It's got drama. It's got comedy. It's got science fiction. It's literally everything smashed together. And I can see why people don't like it. But if they don't, they're just a little bit not as fun as me. You know what I mean? When I first came across you, I was just like, oh, this guy must like uh, James Vanderbeek, like Dawson's Creek. I don't want to wait for my life <laughs> be over. And I think, you know, I think there was even in your bio at one stage, you're like, not the beak from the creek. Uh, it, was this uh, a personal like social media account for you? Or you thought, did you, did you, was it a, I guess what I'm trying to say is, was this a, a calculated thought? I'm going to create uh, an account and sort of do wrestling memes or make fun of wrestling or just talk about wrestling or was it just like hey this is just my personal page i'm just doing what i'm doing like 
I know that sounds like a really complicated type of question, but it's just bloody social media. And uh, I know there's a lot of emphasis on social media, especially with our generation. Um, this had to come about. All right. Yeah. So I have my own account. And then I, I'm not a huge fan of Dawson's Creek or anything like that. I've actually never seen an episode of Dawson's Creek. It actually started because I are you familiar with another show he did called Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23? No. Is that a horror movie? It's no, it's actually was on ABC, like American Broadcast Network okay. here in the States. And but he basically pay, played a parody version of himself. So oh, really? I I saw that Twitter was ramped with parody accounts. I, I saw the opportunity to actually just make a parody account of him. Mm. And I just did that for a bit and just was make up like didn't talk about wrestling at all. I would make up stupid fake movie ideas where I would tag other actors and say, hey, I got an idea. It's me, the beak. We should do this film and be obnoxious. Yeah. And I had my own account that I would talk about wrestling on. One time I inadvertently didn't switch accounts. And I, I tweeted about wrestling out of James Vanderbeek, and it got a lot of tread because for some reason, a lot of people, when I first started this account, thought I was the damn guy. <laughs> <laughs> and they would be talking to me all the time about the movies and stuff I'm doing, and I just played along. And some people, of course, knew it was a joke, so they would play along and ham it up. But this wrestling thing got so much traction, I'm like mm. – well, let's do it. Let's just go wrestling full on. And eventually the account got so popular and I'm, I am a little bit vain. I, I went to a PWG show and I revealed who I was to actually, believe it or not, as we spoke of Ryan Satin, <laughs> Ryan Satin took a picture of me and he posted it on Twitter. Like, this is the real James Vanderbeek. It's not the guy. And he pretended like it was a TMZ <laughs> post. And I, I, I'm kind of shy, but I definitely wanted some notoriety or some recognition for all this ridiculous stuff I was doing. Yeah. But then the wrestling memes thing came even later. I, I always made these stupid puns and jokes, and I'm like, man, you know, a visual version of these things would be way better because people are more likely to share it and they're not going to mm. take my text and put it anywhere. So I just started doing visual versions of my puns, and, yeah, they just kind of blew up out of nowhere. And uh, it's 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 so true. I mean, because I know if I've created a, if I've taken anywhere to, if a meme has taken me thirty minutes plus to create, I'm just like, I I really hope this gets the uh, the hits and the retweets. <laughs> the 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 vein the vein side does definitely come out. Um, and I guess uh, I mean it's such a uh, I guess. Uh, a, a black or white or shades of grey type of uh, situation. You've had sort of times where you've you know you've created a meme or like a post or whatever and obviously it's so easy these days just to take screenshots of stuff and obviously you know there's a big thing especially in the uh, wrestling uh, internet community of not getting credit uh for something uh, and you've sort of had a bit of an experience with that oh yeah from time to time somebody will steal my stuff or it'll even make it stuff all the way to like like for Finn Balor was using one of my images one time and had no idea I was using it. It was on his Instagram and like I kind of get irked, but I only at the same time can only get so upset about because is the internet and I'm not making yeah. any money off doing this yeah. content. <laughs> like literally, there's no money in memes, yeah. everybody. Uh, yeah. So I get mad for a second, and then be over it. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess because that, that was sort of a similar story with me. I think I had a. Uh, I'm not, and I'm not sort of proclaiming I was the first one. If you saw this meme out there that I'm the one that created it, because uh, I mean, wrestling and the same ideas. I mean, that's so common. I had the uh, Adam Sandler, Billy Madison, the conditioner is better, no shampoo is better, with the AEW and the uh, NXT logo. Yeah, and I that saw, was great. Like, 
Yeah, and I saw someone similar who'd done a similar thing, or it could it just been a great minds think alike. But it 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 is that weird kind of. Hang on, I've just stolen a picture from a movie that probably grossed a lot more money than I'm ever going to have in my whole life, and I'm trying to uh, take some moral high ground, and be like, hey, give me credit for that, goddammit. Yeah, yeah, and then people. There, I literally had a guy one time that I made a meme. Apparently, that was sorry, my dog is being obnoxious in the corner. Uh, I was made a meme that. Apparently it was the same thing he did, and I follow so many people I had no idea that he made it. Mm. So he accused me of copying him, and I'm like, dude, you're – again, this you're getting way hyped over memes. It's ridiculous. I do like to pretend to be super mad sometimes just because I tweet so much. It's just more tweet fodder, and it's like, yeah. you know, it can just be fun. But yeah, they're memes, man. I, I When I do them, I try to keep them short period of time. If I work on too long, I'm like, oh, man, if this one – doesn't actually get replies. I'm like an idiot. Why'd I do all this? Yeah, I've had that so many times. I've worked way too hard for something that was so stupid, and then it just gets, like I said, none of those likes or anything. So I'm just like, oh, what am I doing with my life? And me and my wife's got me and my my wife's going. Are you making more memes again? I'm like, no, yes. Yeah, uh, it is what it is. Wrestling. I mean, you you obviously you're a bit of a, a movie buff. Um, this account sort of started off as a bit of a. Uh, a parody of James Vanderbeek, uh, the Beak from the Creek. Uh, mm-hmm. So big in uh, in movies, and I'm guessing definitely a music fan because I like to think that music and wrestling it's like the shoehorn. They're like somehow connected. But I guess the question is, I mean, what got you into professional wrestling? Uh, well, as a kid, I was kind of like dragged along when I was younger to it. That's my, one of my very first memories is actually going to uh, WrestleMania 2 in uh, L.A. just to – and I think it might have been on one of the closed circuit things, but I mm. definitely remember this. And I had a – what's it called? The, the program from the show for a really long time. That was one of my first memories, and then I kind of fell out of it. Uh, I ended up moving in with my dad when I was a kid who – my dad freaking loves wrestling just as much as me, and I saw how much he was passionate about it, and I just got obsessed, man. I, I'm really OCD and ADHD, so the more information I can get about a certain subject, I'll just read all day. I get into wiki holes all the time, and just <laughs> I want to learn everything, man. So it really became just about learning wrestling so I could discuss it with my dad, and over time, I just loved every aspect of it. It's really such a cool art form. That's uh, that's great. Um, that you know, it was you know, like it was like almost like a bonding type of thing with you and your father. That's amazing because uh, m- my dad is by no stretch of the imagination a wrestling fan. Probably scratches his head to this day, thinking, "Why are you a wrestling <laughs> fan?" But that's great that you, it's something that you could share. If you can share it with a family member or a, a friend, it makes it that much better. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And to be a hundred percent above board, it was I was almost he was so knowledgeable. I wanted to actually know more than him just to show him that I knew more about his yeah. favorite subjects. <laughs> what a little jerk I was. <laughs> Don't worry about you know math, English, or stuff that's going to get us you know advance our careers or uh, us as people in life. Knowing more about wrestling is the goal. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Okay, so that's kind of a similar story with me. I mean, I uh, obviously as a kid, um, big wrestling fan. I mean, you probably had a similar sort of type of story where every weekend my mum would take me to the video store. The pay-per-views would, you know, come in as they did uh, on VHS uh, back in the day. I would uh, hire one, sort of stay up to date by pay-per-view, whether this was with sort of WCW or WWE. Because initially I was the WCW guy because I guess – I'm rather with you. 
yeah, I was a, I was a Sting, like a Sting fan. So I obviously gravitated towards WCW, and then I guess towards the the two thousands and two thousand one, when I guess the product for WCW kind of dipped off, I became more of a WWE guy. I think the the match I saw was like the No Mercy pay per view with the Hardy Boys and Edge and Christian with the uh, ladder match. Oh yeah. I think after seeing that, I think I was sort of converted, and I, I and I think as a young kid, sort of seeing like an, a young Edge and Christian and Jeff Hardy. I don't know if you can say they were relatable, but they were sort of like young guys. We're like, oh, you know, like these guys are cool, and I guess that was just hence the WWE path that I would then follow. But being a Sting fan, and I guess just hiring the the VHS sort of uh, monthly uh, videos, and even checking out the old back catalog. Like uh, when I was a kid, I was uh, amazed that Kevin Nash was Diesel um and scott hall was razor ramon and because obviously not watching this on live tv it was all from videos a completely different experience for me in australia here but did you sort of grow up during the i guess the attitude era or the monday night wars uh in that and watching it live and sort of seeing that manifest yep yep back and forth uh watching the shows sometimes if i had to leave i'd make sure at least one of them was taped and hopefully somebody i knew could fill me in on the other show uh i i got so obsessed that there was a local uh newspaper that had a call-in hotline where some guy would read the hot news and gossip of like who who left what company and stuff i'm like i was even as a kid for some reason i was interested in the backstage stuff of it like i want to know what these guys were doing in in their real life and their careers like like you mentioned scott hall dude i was so obsessed i'm like hey dad did you know scott hall was starship coyote like i was learning that (laughs) kind of crap just to impress my dad (laughs) the diamond stud yeah absolutely oh yeah like yeah dad i remember him as the diamond stud yeah ridiculous (laughs) you're a bit of a promoter for uh an independent uh, company there in uh washington state not a promoter per se, but I do I, like the social media influencer gimmick. I they kind of paid me to like gift their shows, and I'm now doing a backstage wrestling gimmick uh, with them. So not a promoter per se, but I do promote their shows. I'm really yeah. passionate about local wrestling. I'm almost I'd say like an ambassador for the local scene. That's why the stuff we talked about off the show was like so uh, stressing to me because like I, I really am invested in the scene and support dog get out of here and really support. Uh, Three to one, the company we're just discussing, like full force. So, promotion not per se paid, but I do promote the hell out of local wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess was it because you created this persona online? Was it much? Was it? I guess the door to do that type of thing uh, much easier as opposed to if you're just a, a, a wrestling fan off the street. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Like my account is even why I became a graphic designer. Like I, I first started doing a t-shirt design. The very first one I did by hand, I kind of just did a stencil of an image and added some text. And I d- entered a contest for pro wrestling tees and they just kind mm. of said, Hey, you're pretty good at this. Uh, if we send you a tablet, you should learn Photoshop and then you'll get more work. And they did that. The guy from pro wrestling tees actually gave me a tablet I learned Photoshop. That's where I learned how to do all the ridiculous stuff. And from that, growing the accounts, I began noticed by local wrestling com- companies. They reached out to me to maybe come to the shows and live tweet I'm, while I'm at the event. And yeah. then uh, I used to do a podcast with Matt Farmer from Defy, and he kind of uh, helped you know, raise my – credibility by me working with them and then now i work for whack as well so yeah it literally all this came from my stupid wrestling twitter account where i make dick jokes as james vanderbeek 
Um, you you, uh, you touch on your uh, your shoot job there, uh, Jeremy. Um, you, so you're a graphic designer by trade? No, that's just what I do in my my free but, time and just for okay. fun and helping out lower. Right. My job is not interesting at all. Uh, I work at a desk and I enter information from one document to another and make sure that uh, particular workers that we might be dispatching to different job sites are not uh, sex pests, as we discussed off there. Yeah, yeah so right. I, I screen. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and, and I Good guess, stuff. you know, that's, uh, I mean, uh, that, is that a pretty rewarding job to see sort of people who may not be in work get work? A hundred percent. That's the best part about it. Like, I don't actually get to see them directly, but I can see the number and the volume of, of people that were getting employed that literally if, you, if you're doing day labor, you're definitely in dire straits and really trying to keep things going in your life. And I love to see it happen. Uh, we through my job we like donate a lot of money through local charities and so that part of it is rewarding but it literally is a really really boring desk job so yeah and i guess the uh, the gimmick job is sort of uh, being a graphic designer and is that sort of you mentioned that pro wrestling t send you a tablet you know hey if you master this you'll get more jobs or whatever it might be so are you sort of i wouldn't say on the books but if you create a graphic design is that something that you go hey i created this is this something do you think would be able to be merchandise or do you have to go to a wrestler and be like, hey, would you like me to design you a shirt or you as your own brand, can you create your own stuff? Uh, I do create some of my own stuff. I do like some bootleg shirt designs of like classic wrestling stuff. As far as work, uh, I try not to just make something and show it to somebody because then you, if they don't want to use it, uh, then you just did a whole bunch of work for nothing. And yeah. if they do want to use it, since you already did their work, they may not want to pay you or not want to pay you what you value your time for. So mm. I just kind of let the work come to me word to mouth. People know the work I do. They're familiar with me. So they'll hit me up from time to time. And I've had a lot of opportunity to work with some really cool guys, like even the guys in the, currently in the WWE, like Kevin Owens and such. So it's been a long and fun ride. I was going to say, uh, there's a bit of a Kevin Owens uh, look about you. I think uh, Kevin might have a bit more hair on top of the head, but um, potentially uh, brothers from another mother or something along those lines. <laughs> Indeed. Us uh, white guys with beards, you know, we tend to kind of look a little bit alike. <laughs> um, but it's interesting that you sort of, uh, I guess, bring up that. Have, have you uh, had any professional wrestlers, whether on the indie scene or... I guess now more in the mainstream side of things, sort of come up to you be like, "Hey, man, I like your stuff. We, we, we should work together. Or you should, you know, design something for me." Or yeah, anything yeah, like that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, nobody like really springs to mind, but like when I'll be at shows, I'll just touch base with guys. Like, hey, I hate doing it because I'm not trying to put myself over for the mm. goofy account. I'll go, "Hey, I'm stupid James Vanderbeek on Twitter. I don't know if you saw me, but if you need any design work, just let me know. I'm down to help out." Like Jeff Cobb, he hits me up whenever he has an idea, uh, or awesome. he's. He lets me, like, he'll just say, hey, Jeremy, I need a shirt design. Come up with something. So I'll just freestyle something. <laughs> that's all. That's awesome, man. And because uh, I'm sort of like a, I guess, uh, a radio guy. Um, I'm you know, somewhat of a media guy, uh, a failed one at that. But um, <laughs> networking is such an underrated um, thing. And like, I'm massive on, like, say, LinkedIn and things like that. I think it's a, it's a great tool to sort of get in contact with people. And whether it be wrestling you know your day job or whatever just talking to people and networking is such an important skill a life a life skill to have and uh, it's you know it's um i'm trying to figure out like the point i'm trying to make here but i mean just sort of um what something that started as what you could say is a stupid parody account you've been able to network with people and you know create 
you know, a form of art. And obviously, you know, the, the graphic design, that's like something that uh, is separate to the day job and that you're passionate about. But you, you've been able to, I guess, make it somewhat successful. You know, obviously, you, you would probably like to get more money for that. But oh, is, for sure. <laughs> you still been able to do things, whether it be for like a Jeff Cobb or an independent wrestler. That's obviously just as rewarding as the real job. Oh, more so, I'd say. <clears throat> Wrestlers, as much as a lot of people think they're rolling in dough, aren't necessarily. Some get paid pretty good, but they still could use any help out. That's why I don't charge terribly much for mm-hmm. the amount I do designs for. I've actually never changed my rate since I started doing my designs till now, even as my popularity increased or waned or whatever. It's always stayed the same amount. And like you're right, dude. I totally used a social networking site for social networking inadvertently. Like I, I was just doing it for fun, and I inadvertently networked into this almost side career that does keep me. Like I don't have to worry about money from week to week for the most part. Like I'm not like rolling in dough by any means, but I'm not. You know, I never have to worry about if I'm gonna eat from between paycheck and paycheck. Yeah, which is, you know, just the the basic life goal, really, isn't it? Hell yeah, yeah, and it's fun. Get to bullshit with guys I respect and become friends with professional wrestlers. And from there, it's just, you know, become bigger and bigger. And I guess the next question is, I'm not sure um, how sure you are with the legalities of things, or I mean, no pro, I'm sure pro wrestling tees would be all over it. But like, say for example, if I create like a good meme, but I've definitely used uh, a picture of a wrestler, but I've enhanced it in some other capacity, you know, I wanted to use that as a design. That would probably be a big no-no, wouldn't it? Well, here's the thing: like, it's prop. They probably would frown upon it. But if they don't have like their actual image or stuff copyrighted, like apparently Jim Cornette does, uh, you probably could get away with it because people do bootleg designs all the time. But the thing is, probably would just become a quickly a cease and desist. Like, hey, yeah. you can't. You don't. You're not. You don't own that image. Like the fo- the photographer would own any image. You know that that they took. So if you don't own that. That's why I try to just like change a little bit, maybe redraw the image. And the the sticky thing about doing bootleg shirts is, you know, you're, you may be in a way taking money directly from yeah. a professional wrestler. But if they're not alive anymore, then I don't see the harm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unless they've got some, uh, unless they've got some uh, big estate or uh, something along those lines, I could imagine. But say, like, say for example, uh, an account which I just I, for some stupid reason just started recently. It's called uh, '80s Jobber Molloy Franklin. Uh, at jobbed in the 80s and it was basically just a tweet sort of saying um uh like just stupid things like uh you know back in the day the promoter would strip us down naked to make sure we didn't have any tattoos in brackets <laughs> probably probably just given the whole cody neck tattoo uh thing which is uh gone viral i guess you could say but um and i've so oh, i'm trying to think of the uh, job of wrestler which i i've used their head but superimposed it on other different things i'm like so so hey if i was to create a shirt or anything like that the i mean you know it's probably legalities uh abroad but I, I, what i was going to do was more for like and the then also dude, think about this way like you're you're in australia how if the guy's in america what he's like hey uh american <laughs> courts go get that guy and they're yeah. gonna be like oh, we have no jurisdiction over there friend and then you're like oh yeah. well fuck i get all right Paul, there we go <laughs> I, I, I was being so good i was being <sighs> so good so close, Sorry, so close. No, no, but um, but you did bring up a big question. The thing is, I, 
I wouldn't want to be making money off someone like stealing their their likeness or their image. I could understand, you know, the I guess the 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 human side of that. But it was more I was gonna just start creating like say custom mugs like for the radio show. So if I do have a caller who calls up, be like, hey, is a mug with some stupid meat at me, my mate. Enjoy. So it's a, more of a, a branding uh, exercise there as opposed to uh, making money. Well, if you want any further information on my position on it, I have a website where I have a myriad of wrestling-related parody shirts. Or like, I have one that's basically looks like the Psycho movie poster with the house and everything, but it's Psycho spelled with just an S, not the P, and it's Psycho Sid. So, yeah, yeah I, no worries. I do what you gotta do. No one's really making a ton of money off wrestling T-shirts unless they're working through pro wrestling tees, evidently. Yeah. And was that ever, I guess when they sent you the tablet, was there ever a, hey, I could work for Pro Wrestling Tees? Was, it, was that ever a goal or it was never going to be, a, a, I guess, a, a solid form of income? There's more information on that. Yeah, so the original idea was uh, me and Ryan from Pro Wrestling Tees were going to develop a second brand, kind of a higher end of shirts. And the Photoshop program was so daunting, dude. I had really a lot of trouble getting into it and learning it without some help. And so that kind that opportunity kind of dropped, went away. They still let me have the tablet and didn't ask me to pay for it. But And I worked for them pretty frequently and helped them make some money. So I guess they're not really too worried about giving me a free tablet within the long run because they're not hurting for money. No, absolutely not. And it's uh, – I think they uh, – I heard somewhere that they even kind of approached WWE and said, hey, you guys have lots of lots of wrestlers that don't have any gimmicks or any uh, T-shirts. Like, if you give us a percentage, like, we, we can we can just make these on demand. And, and obviously, WWE being the big uh, beast that they are, is like, no, no, you know, we, we, we have to own everything and don't want to, I guess, outsource. But – that 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 seems like a great idea like because you think of like the you know the wrestlers just coming up um that, who don't have any sort of uh merch to sell like i think that that was probably i i guess i don't know pro wrestling tees had their own kind of uh, agenda doing that but i mean sure. uh, uh it, no, you raise not? a good point imagine a young guy got a shirt on pro wrestling tees all of a sudden they're seeing this particular shirt that wwe is not selling at live events popping up you know in the crowds yeah yeah, no, it's it's and I don't like we're never ever going to see. I mean, WWE is such a big juggernaut. It's the gold standard, obviously. I don't think they're ever going to kind of like merge with like any other type of company or anything like that. But let's talk about wrestling landscape. I mean, I guess next to you, you had probably more of an idea about the uh, Monday Night Wars. How would you compare? today's products not so much just wwe but just the overall we have AEW, you've got mlw uh, nwa i mean and then that's not even talking about the independent scene i mean is this would this is this better or on par with the monday night wars uh there's definitely more opportunity to see more wrestling uh more isn't always necessarily better but i think in this scenario a lot of times it is because if we look back at a lot of the Monday Night Wars or the TV wrestling, not all of it was super great. Like a lot of it were short matches that just helped get the characters over real quick and push storyline. So nowadays, you're even on uh, like AEW, like they're having some banger matches on there that go 30 minutes that are just awesome. And if you're into work rate, that's they're right there for you but then also like the comedy wrestling which i'm a big fan of has developed to where some of it's silly but some of it's like so smart like orange cassidy and mm. getting featured like 
I, I don't know how you can't. I can understand if you're a purist and you only want to see real realistic fights while you might not look Orange Cassidy. But if you love the spectacle of wrestling, it's great. That character is just totes great. And I just said totes and I'm embarrassed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you touch on Orange Cassidy there because um, while, you know, some would say he's a comedy uh, performer. But if you before this gimmick, I mean, he, he can he could wrestle. He could you know, most likely. I mean, he, he was wrestling with Park and the crowd was going absolutely insane. Bonkers, sure, you know, yeah. The comedy spots or whatever you want to call them. But he can actually, I uh, guess, if I can say, quote unquote, go as a... Uh, yes. He, he wasn't wrestle. he a former ant of one of the ants, wasn't he? Um, Potentially. I'm, I, honestly, I'm yeah. not too sure about um, Orange Cassidy's background, but I've known because he's done a couple tours here in Australia. And I think he's actually coming back a little bit later on this year but talking to one of the australian wrestlers would be like this guy's not a joke like why why are he, you know he's a funny guy like he can wrestle he's actually like a great technical wrestler yeah you gotta uh one of the greatest matches i've seen from him is with him and david Starr at beyond uh just a great match and they did they they had another great match at bola this most recent bola that dave Meltzer kind of buried but i was sitting close to him and that guy was sleeping for a bit of that match and i don't think it's because of the match i think it's because dave's a little little older and sometimes he needs <laughs> a bit of a nap he was 100 percent had his eyes closed no doubt he needs he needs a, a few coffees maybe when he's uh giving out his uh, star reigns perhaps yes sir a Starbucks. Let's 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 touch on uh, Dave Meltzer. What's I mean, you you got a photo of Dave Meltzer. You're you're a fan of some capacity, and I mean, this is I guess the wrestling community can be very divided with this type of thing. We have we have movie critics, we have sports critics. I mean, every type of critic you can think of. But when it comes to wrestling, because it is a predetermined quote unquote sport, and I guess. Uh, when you, I guess you're judging such a thing, which it's kind of like music. It's, uh, it's so up to the individual how they see it. Uh, it's jazz, man. It's jazz. Yeah, it's jazz. I mean, how do you see the the likes of a Dave Meltzer and his impact on professional wrestling? Uh, I am a a big fan of Dave. I don't necessarily think he's some sort of uh, voice that is always right. Shut up, my dog. Uh, he's <laughs> He's always an infallible, not an infallible deity. He's uh, just a guy. He's a super opinionated wrestling fan who's watched so much wrestling that his opinion should be respected by most of the fan base, but tends to be not. They just don't agree. And mm. to be 100% above board, Dave, for whatever reason, follows me, enjoys my account. Uh, I've spent time with Dave Meltzer for MLW events. He's a nice guy. Kind of, uh, it seems like maybe on the spectrum a tad as far as his personality is concerned. And I'm not saying that as a, a slight by any means. It's just he's so, yeah. uh, you know, just so by the book details, you know, information yeah. and not necessarily super personal. Uh, but I don't know. People just think they need to either agree 100 percent with what he says or disagree vehemently i i don't understand that whole that whole deal like him and Cornette no longer yeah. being friends because they agree over under, disagree over underpants fights <laughs> yeah it's it, it's funny isn't it i mean i guess another guy ryan satin who's a pretty big deal over in the states there in regards to wrestling but he sort of come from the tmz background you know is sort of about finding sources or getting uh interviews or getting uh three or four confirmations about a particular story is that are they similar or are they do you feel they're kind of different in, in how they present their their view or their critic uh or just their i guess uh, how they talk about the product 
Oh, def- they have completely different aspects or viewpoints of how to present their product. Ryan mm. is definitely trying to entertain while simultaneously report the news. Like, yeah. can't fault the guy. He has like he does goofy memes and stuff like I do on Twitter all the time. And Dave is just like a, a real serious guy, mm-hmm. and he just wants to give you what he thinks are the facts and let you do with it what you will. And Ryan is trying to find. Like he does sometimes run stories that maybe I wouldn't, but it's stuff that people are interested in, and he might be yeah. called sometimes a pariah for like mm. doing uh, what he said about Sasha. Like he went in about reporting how Sasha was apparently laying on the the floor yeah. after her loss, and I, I don't know. He got a lot of heat for that. So yeah. Ryan's trying to get views. Dave is just trying to provide information. It's interesting, cause and I don't I- fault Ryan for that because I like the guy. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Um, I've, I've created some some of the most stupidest memes, and I've had comments being like, is this like someone saying, oh, oh, my God, I can't believe this, like, as it was real. And I'm just thinking, maybe I'm doing a disservice by trying to make fun of something, and some people out there are actually thinking this is real and, I guess, spreading that. Has that ever sort of come into your sort of mind when with the parody account? Uh, yeah, sometimes I'm, like, worried that, like, people sometimes get mad if I mash up a dead person with, uh, a, make a funny image out of them. Like, that's insulting. You're disrespecting Like, I'm not, like, making fun of them. I just made a funny pun. I don't find it disrespectful, but people will be offended for whatever reason. And, I mean, we're in a, we're in an era where people are very easily offended, or they act as if they're, uh, very easily offended, at least. Yeah, yeah, there definitely is a outrage culture that l- likes to jump on and be quick to get mad especially if oh wait what somebody else is mad and mm. i i would say i am a bit pc at times and i can be a little bit cunty that way and it's and i it's not out of any way just to be like i'm not trying to stir any pots or anything i just i just feel the certain way my dog hates when i podcast man i can't yeah. but um i see lots of pictures of him online what's his name again his name is Bronx. He's a little bit of Boston Terrier. He's 10 months old, and he's a real pain in the butt. He's adorable. And because um, me and my wife, we have uh, three cats. So I'm guessing you're a dog person as opposed to a cat person? Or are you both? Uh, I, I am both. I have a cat yeah. as well, a Bronx oh, and Hudson. Uh, if you're familiar with the show Gargoyles, I was a big fan, so I named both my pets after characters for that show. The cartoon, yeah? Yes, indeed. Oh, that's great. I had the uh, – the who was the big purple guy, the main guy? I had a Goliath? figure of – yeah, I had a, a picture, uh, not a picture, a, a action figure of him as a kid. <laughs> Sorry, that was a great show. Um, but um, you uh, did off the top of the uh, the show mention that you uh, have a girlfriend or a lady friend. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, this is uh, where we're going to draw the line in the sand, I guess. Uh, <laughs> how does the other half, does she appreciate wrestling? Can she withstand it? Or do, is she like my wife and is like, I will tolerate this to a point, but when it gets to that point, I'm out of here or you need to uh, stop watching wrestling. Where are we at? I'm about to inspire all wrestling fans that may listen to this interview. Mm -hmm. I actually met my lady friend at a wrestling show. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was on the arm of another man, actually. She was at at that time in a different relationship. Uh, (laughs) And when that relationship uh, was coming near an end, because it wasn't necessarily – it was like a polyamorous relationship with other people. Uh, When that relationship was coming to the end, she saw me on a dating site after we had already seen each other at the wrestling show and said, hey, what's going on? So we met up and went to another wrestling show and pretty much we're hanging out every day since – 
she doesn't love it as much as me. Like the ladies rarely love it as much as the gentlemen who are passionate about professional so wrestling. So true, like, so true. I had I drag her to New York when I went to uh, the WrestleMania weekend last year. Uh, she is not joining me on the trip to Tampa this year. It is not because of Corona or anything like that. Simply, she had no interest in going on another wrestling trip. Uh, but yeah, we we tend to go to local shows. When I go to three, two, one, she's usually at my side, and yeah, she she likes it. She appreciates the silliness. Plus, she really gets into it. And some ladies are really into the hot wrestler guys. She never mentions that to me. Thank God, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> it's um, I was actually surprised by my wife um, this week. She uh, surprised me with uh, tickets to um, WWE house shows. Uh, they're going to be in the country, I think, later in oh, August. Nice. wasn't wasn't expecting to go, and she surprised me. And we're going to we're actually going to go together. She bought two tickets because usually if she buys me a present to see a band or something it's the sort of same deal she's not interested in that band at all she'll buy me two tickets i'm like well why don't you just buy me one it's like well i don't want you to go by yourself and i usually take a friend or whatever but uh she has bought two tickets uh, and we're gonna go together go together and make a weekend of it so i am looking forward to that but on the horizon we do have uh the wrestlemania weekend uh which is also called the worst weekend of my wife's life um <laughs> you, you said that your your uh, lady friend is not accompanying you to uh tampa because you're going to be there in the flesh i'll probably just be watching uh whatever independent shows i want to stream or if new japan or AEW have anything of noteworthiness around that time but obviously the big dance being wrestlemania um we still have um elimination chamber which is uh going to play out by the time this goes to air uh, tomorrow australian time i could i gotta be honest with you i have no idea who who's in or what the elimination chamber is this uh this at this point so i'm just gonna go straight to wrestlemania obviously as we know it's we've um got thrown a curveball uh, at uh, Saudi Arabia, I guess if you could call it a curveball, with Goldberg beating the Fiend. I mean, uh, that sort of had the internet wrestling community up in arms. Uh, what's your view? Dude, uh, the both Thursday and Friday, everyone's kind of like, what the hell is going on here? Uh, I don't necessarily care for Goldberg being champ, but at the same time, when it comes to WrestleMania, having Goldberg on the card and being champ suddenly could potentially bring some viewers who, who aren't following the product mm. week to week to watch the show. It's Is it a good way to go about with the Bray Wyatt character that they've taken all this time to develop? Hell mm. no. Like, he went from world beater to a guy got beat up by an old man who could barely lift him up. Yeah, but yeah. then other people point out about old man stuff. Jericho is like 49 and Goldberg's 40, 53. Yeah. So it's like four years. What are we really yelling about here? And is that a double standard? Because I like to, like, I'm I'm a massive Chris Jericho fan. I have to say he's definitely one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. And just his longevity that he's had. Um Because he was essentially the original internet darling or the indie darling who is now obviously one of the best superstars of all time, close to. It, it, as a wrestling fan, there is there is a double standard when it comes to things like that. You're like, oh, Goldberg, he's an old, old what's he doing? But then meanwhile, Chris Jericho, who, while in his skill set, is not what he was back in the mid-90s or late 90s, but can see, he, you know, he changes himself up, he reinvents himself and still has that interest. Is there a double standard there? There has to be, right? Oh, 100%. I think the, I think a lot of us would be more happy with the world if we realize double standards are everywhere. We all have them. And if we're constantly calling each other for double standards, like literally you end up pointing fingers at yourself at the same yeah. time because eventually <laughs> you're going to be having one. Yeah, it definitely is. Like I, I'm kind of annoyed. But and I, if Chris Jericho was still champ, I'd be totally stoked because Jericho is yep. awesome. And I never was a terribly big Goldberg fan. Like if – 
I don't know. It's but yeah, I can see why people like it. But the John Cena and the Fiend thing, just mm-hmm. randomly, like that's weird. Uh, Undertaker well, showing up at freaking yes. Saudi Arabia to wrestle. <laughs> yeah, like what? I it was all weird to me, man. I don't watch the Saudi stuff, but I listen. Mm-hmm. I hear about it. It's it's definitely like it's while it's still canon, obviously, because Goldberg's champion. But it's almost like the Saudi silly show, like stuff that wouldn't happen in America seems to happen there. And obviously, that's because they're catering to the the Saudi prince because he's like, oh, I want to see the Undertaker, I want to see Goldberg, and Vince McMahon's yeah. like, oh, you want to see him? You got him, pal. Yeah, like we're gonna make you a a fake trophy for some new gimmick match that we created. Yes, <laughs> and, and we can make uh, man off all day. <laughs> just 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 make sure uh, that cash is in because uh, I don't want any plain bullshit this time. <laughs> okay, buddy. <laughs> yeah, please let us leave the country. <laughs> um, yeah, man, that's just uh, to me that that guy reminds me a lot of just Vince McMahon himself. Like Vince McMahon, the WWE is his action figures, and he's playing. With with him and just writing yes. his own story and smashing them together as yeah. he sees fit and the Saudi prince gets his opportunity to do that at the behest of Vince McMahon. Yes. As you can hear motorbikes uh, in my streets uh, do burnouts down the streets. Um, uh, Freddie, <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr. He said it best. Uh, I think he was talking to Sam Roberts or someone of that nature. And he said look, you know, Vince McMahon might invite you into his sandpit to play with his toys, but at the end of the day they're his toys. Indeed. Indeed. And there's never been such a truer quote stated, especially about WWE. Yeah, and honestly, like the once you realize that, you actually stop caring so much about the way things go. Like it's not a story for you; it's a story for Vince, and hopefully, you also enjoy it. And if you don't, I mean, there's always next week. Absolutely. And um, you sort of mentioned the fiend and John Cena out of nowhere. Obviously, hopefully, John Cena does the quote unquote the uh, the honors for the fiend. But uh, stranger things have happened. I'm actually more disappointed because I was speaking to all my friends that we were actually going to get a John Cena Elias match. And the reason why I sort of said that is because the past two WrestleManias, in some way or another, they've inadvertently or purposely interfered with their matches or their segments. And I felt like this could be the ultimate blow off. And you know, I guess you know while it's not a story that's in the minds of most wrestling fans there's still been a story there uh with super showdown here in australia they were in a tag team uh, against each other obviously the wrestlemania sort of stuff where john cena with the thugonomics and the previous wrestlemania where elias came out before the undertaker there's been there was a, a storyline brewing there and i thought it would would have been a great payoff to have a john cena elias match and for john cena to put over elias and you know sort of make elias stock more uh, do you, I think, do you honestly, it could still be both. I, I like your idea because you're definitely 100% as far as the, the pairing of Cena and Elias. I think the, you know the way the WWE loves. They don't like necessarily like putting people over clean. So it could mm-hmm. be John doing the honors through a little bit of schmaz with Elias getting involved late in the match when it looks like Cena's going to you know, triumph and piss everyone off. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan of Elias. I think they, they turned to turn a baby face for a second, which was freaking crazy. Yeah. Uh, but I'm a big fan. And, I yeah, John Cena and Elias, that's money right there. I mentioned it um, on other podcasts and to other people um, when the NXT were out here in Australia, and we that was like it was like such a stacked card. It had like Nakamura, Bobby Roode, uh, and uh, I think uh, Ty Dillinger back in the day, 
and Elias. And Elias just had the spotlight and he just came out just strumming his guitar. And I don't know, like, you know, saying this about uh, big oiled up muscly men, but when you can look at someone and be like, you know what? They've got it. They have some form of it factor. Like, that's my guy. Yeah. Yeah, charisma is just something you can just look at somebody like when I first saw Nakamura, I didn't see him wrestle. I just saw a still image of him. I'm like, well, that's my favorite Japanese wrestler. That guy's yeah. got <laughs> charisma for days. And luckily enough, he followed through with being freaking awesome in the ring. But yeah. yeah, charisma is something you can read through a photograph, a still image. And Elias definitely has charisma. Or machismo, as some may say. Machismo, yeah, is the uh, uh, Reza Ramon or uh, uh, Diamond Stud. Starship Coyote. Starship Coyote. Uh, um, I believe also he had uh, big moustache McGrath. Uh, I just made that up out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> I like it. Yeah. But uh, WrestleMania coming up, I mean, uh, I this is uh, another contentious issue. I actually uh, had to uh, NA a day of work because it's on a Monday for us here in Australia. Uh, I NA'd a day and uh, that made the lady friend or my wife a little bit. So uh, why are you taking days off to watch wrestling? I was like, because it's WrestleMania. <laughs> Yeah, like, you're really asking this question? <laughs> I do. I talk about wrestling all the time. You don't think I'm going to need the day off, come on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Look, I uh, have almost chewed your ear off for almost close to an hour Oh, it's here, been great, man. Jeremy. Uh, I mean, let's uh, – the spot I like to call get your shit in. If people want to find out more about you, more about the parody account, or potentially they are an independent wrestler or just an independent person – and um, potentially interested in uh, you designing a T-shirt or something for them, uh, how can they get in contact with you? Yeah, no problem. Uh, so uh, both my media handles on Twitter and Instagram are at James Vanderbeek. It's J-A-I-M-S Vanderbeek, all one together. Uh, yeah, so we try to keep that social media synergy. So if you need any designs, my DMs are open. Slide on in. Um, I, <laughs> you don't even have to be a wrestler. If, you, if, you, if you're just somebody who wants like a T-shirt design or a header or a background for your Twitter or your Instagram, if you're not handy at that stuff, I work cheap and I work quick. That's the way we like it. Oh, and also for my, for my shows, my podcast, you mentioned them earlier, but yeah, I, uh, I do a podcast with uh, your countryman, uh, my buddy Chris Bryan. He's also from Australia. Our show is called Grown Men Watch This Shit. Yeah, uh, so Chris Bryan, just quickly, sorry, where, where are Robets in Australia is he from? I I always fucking forget. Let me, oh, I'm swearing again. Uh, I think Adelaide. Let me take a look. Hang on. I can look real Adelaide. quick. But yeah, yeah. Chris and I, we met actually at uh, Bola. He's a world traveler. He always yeah, goes right. to all kinds of wrestling shows. That's right. And they encourage that in Australia. Like, do, do you guys get out there and travel the world quite a bit? Uh, so go ahead. Yeah. You know, explore your own country, but then there's always some great stuff to see, whether it be Europe or the States. Um, yeah, I f fully condone traveling. And Get I was totally there. wrong. He's in Brisbane. Brisbane, so, yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, say, I, I would have been able to give it a pass if he was from Adelaide, but Brisbane, oh, you know, the, the rivalry between New South Wales and Brisbane, especially in the NRL state of origin. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, that's great. I'll, I'll have to reach out and um, connect with uh, Chris. Yeah, he's a great dude. And then uh, I do another show uh, with my buddy Derek Montilla. Uh, it's called The Steel Cage. You can find us at The Steel Cage on Twitter. Uh, all wrestling talk. So if you like talking wrestling or listen to people talk about wrestling, I got plenty of content. Absolutely. And I guess, you, you know, you're a co-host on a lot of podcasts, but was there, has there ever been an idea to sort of have your own independent sort of podcast? And it might not necessarily even be about wrestling. It could be just, I guess, the goings of uh, what Jeremy Tate is doing. Uh, 
Nah, I haven't really thought about because I, I am a more in the moment, bouncing off and riffing yeah. with another individual kind of guy. So I like having fun, just bullshitting with my friends. <laughs> That's great to hear. Um, look, Jeremy Tate, James Vanderbeek. I've been saying James Vanderbeek because um, obviously the J A I M S there. So apologies uh, about that. Uh, That's good. It's like Ames, like the, you know Ames originally. Yeah. Uh, this is actually another little detail. When I first started the account, it actually was called Claims Vanderbeek right. because you would get parody, your parody accounts would get shut down immediately if you had the same name. So I, I was claiming to be James Vanderbeek, so I was, I was Claims Vanderbeek. I don't want to wait for my for life to be over. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having me, man. Oh, man, thanks for coming on the show. And uh, let's uh, let's not make this a one-night-only type of deal. Let's uh, let's uh, hook up later in the year and uh, see Hell if we yeah. can produce some uh, great content. Some audio gold. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, uh, man. Jeremy, you take it easy, and I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Wrestling Source Radio.